Get running this fall at Dunkin' with $2 medium iced coffees from 2 to 6 p.m. Try any of Dunkin's delicious iced coffee, like their signature original blend. Or treat yourself to mocha, caramel, or the fall favorite, pumpkin. Always freshly brewed, made just the way you like it. Make time for happy hour and enjoy a $2 medium iced coffee from 2 to 6 p.m. Washington, D.C. runs on Dunkin'. Participation may vary. Limited time offer. Exclusions apply. You know I'm right. Episode 40, right here in the zone on WGSports.com. Nick Durst, joined by Joe Calabrese. And Joe, if you're feeling green, I can understand why. Your Jets, even with the, the advantage of the, the bad turf at MetLife Stadium, just absolutely atrocious. Just pathetic, Joe. But... <laughs> Uh, how do how do you feel, and are you surprised? <laughs> Am I surprised? I don't know. What I've been, only been saying for the past what two weeks, three weeks, four weeks? Uh, yeah, I knew they weren't going to be good. Uh, we said this yesterday. They the, the 49ers were going to quickly go up by two or three scores, and I uh, called that. I exactly called exactly what they did. But then you know, everyone's like, I called it. We, we were Joe and I were on a, a show. Our hard count podcast uh, yesterday, another network uh, with Chris Landry football show, and uh, I said, "Oh, I, there's going to be a late Sam Donald touchdown to give Jets fans hope," and, and that's that's exactly what happened. And then I see you. You went at Jay Calabrese one on Twitter, went off on Adam Gaze. I did, I did, and the reason why I went off on him is because there was a moment in the game where the Jets were down twenty-four to three. And it was kind of late in the third quarter. Now, at this point, with the team, even though they were as banged up as they were, and we will get to that right after we do this, uh, even for a team that was banged up, I mean, you're in that position late in the third quarter, and you're at fourth and whatever it was, right by the goal line. You know, you're within, I believe they were in the red zone. And he kicks a field goal. And... Well, I understand it's like fine and Danny that you want to at least try to keep the, the team within sensible distance. Uh, what did Herm Edwards once upon a time say? Uh, you play to win the game, right? And when you coach like that and you take away, uh, I would guess, I would say decision-making from your players because Sam can't audible at the line. Right, these guys can't get out of these plays. So not only are you hamstringing them into plays that you're trying to to push through and, and to force through, but you're not even so consciously aware of the game scenario where you're giving your guys like a reasonable chance to to still be able to win the game. It's just ridiculous. And to me, it it, it acknowledges that on some level, like you don't believe in your players, or you're possibly quitting. On your players, you know, like you're tucking your ta- your tail between your legs, and you're not even trying. And the difference right now, I think, the biggest difference between the Giants and the Jets is the Giants have a compete level, at least with Joe Judge right now. That's a baseline. That's something that you can work with. Whether the talent is there or not, I don't think so yet. But at least what we saw from the Giants yesterday, I mean, yes, they went down seventeen nothing, but. I don't know. If you add 10 more seconds to that clock, there's a good chance the Giants win that game. 
they came all the way back. The defense played well again yesterday. They kept them in the game. The Jets go down by three scores, and it's like you're going to somebody's funeral. There's no hope. There's no anything with that. And that's on, to me, the head coach. And to me, yesterday, it seemed like Gase quit on his guys on the field. And when you quit on your guys out on the field, that's it. You know, like, I, I don't care if you're overmatched because you have a lack of talent and you need to, to see it through and you need whatever. But from what I've heard, Adam Gase is an offensive genius, right? Yesterday, he sure looked like a, a genius to me. And not in the way uh, not in the way you want your head coach to be a genius. So it was so disappointing. And again, we knew they were going to lose, right? But it's not right now about losing. I, 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 I want like small victories right now. Yesterday, I didn't get any of that, which is disappointing and upsetting. So maybe not quite a, uh, a Joe Benigno rant, but. I'm just more disappointed with like how you could quit on your team in the middle of a game like that. That's so sad. I don't know. I mean, I think I think Gaze was, was thinking his defense is going to keep him in it, so he said, "Let me uh, let me get some points on the board here. Yeah, get the hell out of here." Twenty-four to three. You barely moved the ball the whole game. You finally really. Joe, you just you sound try. you sound so depressed right now. <laughs> I am depressed. It's so. It's so frustrating. Hey, but look, look at it this way: the Jets, the Jets avoided major injury yesterday. They did. Sunday. They did. Unlike the Giants, and unlike the rest of the league, looks like we're going to have to go to that, right? Yeah, we got Saquon Barkley, who I knew right away. I knew right away, torn ACL. He's out for the year. Giants got to sign somebody. I think. I think uh, Devontae Freeman's a free agent. I don't know. Maybe sign him. I mean, they got to do something. But Deion Lewis looked good. Carried the offense. Uh, Sterling Shepard, he got hurt. Your guy, Christian McCaffrey, who I picked three offensive player of the year, is hurt. Uh, you picked Barkley. He's out four to six weeks. Barkley's out. Yeah. Drew Locke, we both like. He's out six weeks with a shoulder injury. You got Bosa. You know is out. Bosa and Thomas uh, on the 49ers. Right? Uh, Cortland Sutton, too, tore up his knee. And he's out for the season, too. So now the Broncos lose both Drew Locke and Corton Sutton. So two weeks ago, I thought they were going to be a wild card contender. And now, with the way everything has broke out the first two weeks and all these injuries, I don't know. You know, that's the, the nature of the game. But, yeah, so Paris Campbell got hurt yesterday, too. Obviously, you mentioned McCaffrey, four to six weeks. Brashard Perriman. So the Jets didn't fully come out. Uh unscathed so Paramount is hurt he's out for possibly uh, a couple of weeks here uh I believe Will Fuller too was also banged up yesterday uh and that's obviously not really a shocker considering that he's hurt every year so uh I'm trying to think somebody I think that somebody else big was hurt yesterday but again it's just like you go down the list Bruce Irvin tore his ACL there you go. He was injured in the uh, the Sunday night game. Good so. game. Uh, Paris was Cam- very good. Paris game. Campbell's hurt. Chris Chris Goodwin or Godwin has Godwin. clear concussion protocols. He's going to play week three. Right. Uh, Michael Thomas is not playing tonight. So like you go around the league if if you're Willie one Tucker, of the torn Achilles out for there the you go. Now that's another one for the Colts. How about this uh, one? Tyrod Taylor <laughs> gets a chest injury. 
and our guy Justin Herbert comes in, he looks really good in the loss. Uh, I don't see how you could go back to Tyrod Taylor, even if he's ready next week with the way Herbert played, Joe. No. And uh, I think a lot of people were disappointed with the way the Chargers handled the overtime by punting the football and giving it right back to Kansas City. They, sh- I think they should have went for the win. But that said, I think Herbert played really well yesterday. And yes, did he throw a pick? Sure. But, you know, to me, when you're when you're a rookie and you're you're still in your first or second league, like to me, making those kind of throws are OK, because uh, it shows that he's got the knack for making plays, but he still needs to, to fine tune when he takes those chances. So I thought Herbert yesterday played outstanding. I thought he really gave the Chargers a chance to win that game, and there were times late in that game where the Chargers probably should have uh, grabbed the bull by the horns and were aggressive about it because that's what you need to do in order to beat these top teams. So it didn't happen, but he looked really good yesterday. He looked way better in his first game than I thought he would. I wish he was a giant. You're right. I wish he was a giant. (laughs) I don't Uh, know. I I, I feel like they'd be in the same spot where he shows flashes, but again— so the, I think the funny thing, you mentioned Michael Thomas. Uh, this is an interesting story. The Saints, they sent his ankle MRI to Green Bay, Wisconsin, to renowned surgeon Dr. Robert Anderson, who determined that the star wide receiver has a mild ankle sprain. Uh, the Saints, they're playing their week three game against the Packers, which is a big time game because the Packers are a class of their own, but... Um, basically, it's going to come down to the, the Green Bay Packers team doctor, Dr. Robert Anderson, gets to decide if their opponent, Michael Thomas on the Saints, gets to play in the game. There, there's got to be something, some sort yeah. of violation. That should, not, that should not be happening, don't you think, Joe? Speaking of the Packers, uh, the one that I was missing was Devontae Adams. He also got hurt yesterday, too. I think he, uh, what did he pull his hammy in the second half? Perhaps. Uh, and the other, speaking of second halves, are the Falcons kidding? They're the first team <laughs> since 1933 to lose a game despite scoring 39 points and having zero turnovers. <laughs> up, until, up until Sunday, teams have been 440-0. and 0. I mean, does this team know how to close out a game? Obviously uh, not, going back to the Super Bowl. Not. Yeah, right. Uh, it seems as if there was, a, I think, a, a path or a trajectory for this franchise and I think in Super Bowl 51, that was really a, a, a big time turning point where I feel like if they would have won that game, they were going to perennially just become this like 11, 12, 13 win, you know, indestructible team that, that feels like, you know, we can do anything. And that that disappointing 28 to 3 lead that they choked up and they lost that game. This franchise has not been the same ever since. Every single time this team is in a close game since that that point, they have filtered and lost. And they got a great offense, but the defense... They do have a great offense, but it just seems like the mental makeup of this team is is really, really off. And maybe they could use... A lot of reasons, but... They could maybe use their their old former uh, defensive standout, primetime, Deion Sanders, who is going to be the head coach at Jackson State. Uh, Joe, what do you think about that? Because... Oftentimes, like the really high-profile players, they don't end up becoming coaches. So no. I'm interested to see if he's going to be able to grind it out. Yeah, I. Uh, so Dion is one of those guys where he's made so much money doing media stuff throughout the years. Uh, to me, I think if he really, like, truthfully wanted to 
to break in uh, to be a coach. A lot of these, a lot of these players, uh, especially players who come from small, smaller schools, realize that the only true way uh, for you to not only be respected uh, but to to learn it the right way is to do it properly, which means you should really you know start from the ground up, right? Mm-hmm. So I think this, this is one of those cases where he's probably not going to be there for more than what two, three years at most i think uh but this is really just to get his feet wet kind of see like uh can he really coach uh to me i feel like in his mind he's probably like thinking to himself like okay if i could really truthfully ever have any hope of being coach then i have to see if i could coach like the the lowest level uh like available to me right so if he goes to Jackson State and they win games, right now all of a sudden there's a baseline there. You realize like, okay, I can coach people, I can coach players, I can coach kids, I can coach players, right? So if somebody sees that, now all of a sudden like a Division One school may give him an offer. You know, you may see something like uh, like him going to Florida State, which is uh, his alma mater, right? How like, about so. how about the Big Ten, which is going to be returning to play a month from now? And are they going to be are they going to be eligible for the? The college football playoff because I believe kind of their schedule is going to be a strict eight game schedule, right? Yep. In conference uh, only. It's in conference only. Uh, yes, they're going to be uh, alive essentially for all like the 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 college football. So what are they going to hold off to to make the uh, the announcement on who's in the college football playoff till like the end of January? Uh, it's going to be so yeah, late because they're going to be playing Big Ten <laughs> football in January. And what does that sure. what does that do for Clemson and Alabama? They're going to be they're going to be okay sitting there for nine weeks without playing or even knowing if they're going to play. Like, how do you determine? Oh, their SEC season is over now. Maybe just keep practicing because perhaps in seven weeks we're going to let you know if you're going to play again. Well. The thing is, obviously, Ohio State, uh, fully healthy with Justin Fields. They are one of the three or four best teams in the country, right? So if you do the college football playoff, realistically, if the Big Ten ends up playing out this this eight-game abbreviated schedule and it's into January, the football on the playoff committee would be, like, totally clueless and utterly lost if Ohio State rolled through those eight games and won a Big Ten title, and they didn't choose them to play in the playoff just simply because... Right. And if Rutgers uh, goes undefeated, you got to put Rutgers in. If Greg, Greg Shiana <laughs> comes in undefeated in this first season, you got you to gotta put Rutgers in. Hey, listen, I give it I give it two years before he really has that program back. I mean, they were... They, they had they're, their they're there. Yeah, they, they were a really legitimate... <laughs> perennial top 25 program when he was there when we were younger i think and Rutgers is going to be a top 25 program again with I, absolutely because the the appeal for Rutgers is this area which is the tri-state area right we're not so much lovers of college football like we love pro football like the giants right. are the number one team right we love our baseball the yankees are the lab but obviously the mets are super popular uh, they dominate a lot of the media and the airwaves that we have here, right? So we're traditional in that sense. But again, it's so big. Like the the, the untapped market for college football here is so massive. And we don't really have a representative school that represents yeah. this area. I worked I worked, I worked, worked, Rutgers. I worked so, Rutgers games in 2015. And it's a good time out there at that stadium. But unfortunately, yeah, the, team, the, team just, a, the team just hasn't been good since Shiana left. They they had the chance to hire Les Miles. They should have. They didn't. But they got their man, Shiano, back. And you got to just... Every day... 
thousands of hackers try to steal your crypto. But Arculus uses air-gapped technology by forming a protective barrier that insulates you from hackers and secures your crypto. Order yours at GetArculus.com. Have some faith in this guy that he's going to turn it around. And all it's going to take is for him to get one big recruit in there at maybe the QB or defensive edge rusher position. And, and they go pro and then the recruits are going to come. Yeah. I think that him having success here once before uh, actually plays into his favor. Uh, Piscataway uh, and where Rutgers is in Jersey is just a really nice area. Uh, and I think that the cell is the city. Like, do you want to be New York City's representative on the college football, like, landscape, Right. So, obviously, you see all these big schools, right? So, it's like Penn State, Michigan, Michigan State, uh, Ohio State, Wisconsin, Alabama, Florida, Clemson, right? You know, Florida State, uh, Louisiana State, right? Texas, Oklahoma. Like, you go to all those places, right? Uh, all those state schools are, are really, you know, representative of, of, like, the whole state. And a lot of people and a lot of students from those states usually stay within those states and get scholarships within those states, Right. right? So, again, if you could stand out in a different way and say, like, New York needs a college football team, this could be our team. And, like, yes, they, they play in Jersey, right? But, again, you're representative of the whole area. And now, uh, for years and years, Rutgers was in the old Big East, which you always love to bring up. You love the old Big East, oh, right? Yeah. Uh, good, good stuff. They play, they play in the Big Ten. They do not play in a secondary uh, non-Power 5 conference. Like, they have – uh, the opportunity to play in a Power 5 conference, which means you play all those big schools, right? So if you raise the profile again and you become good again as a, a team representative in the Big Ten, you know, you can eventually get back to that top 10 level where they were and possibly contend for a playoff. So uh, we'll see. I, I mean, I, I love bringing him back. I think it was really great. Speaking uh, of bringing people back, the the rumors now are that Steve Cohen, who is going to be the future owner of the Mets, wants to bring back Sandy Alderson in the executive role? I don't like I, that, Joe. I don't I really also, I don't, I don't I get that. I also read a report that Cohen will clean house once he gets here. Right. I don't think he's going to be able to do that this offseason, though, because there's not going to be enough time by the time the November right. vote. Right. But That'll I can see him clean for... house. Hopefully he doesn't touch um, you know, the broadcasting crew of SNY because we need to Gary Keith and Ron, but... If he's cleaning house and putting Sandy Olsen back in charge, that's a big problem because Sandy Olsen's 2015 team was built by Omar Minaya, and all the good players on the current team are because of Omar Minaya's return. So you you got to keep Omar Minaya. You can't clean him out of the house. Yeah. Well, with that, uh, that means Brody would be gone, and Alderson would be back in, but not in the the big boy share. He would be somewhat of an advisor you you could say so i mean you could look at it one step back two steps forward what do you think you brian cashman or theo epstein billy bean gonna be the gm billy bean would be super intriguing because it it all depends on how he feels about moving into the bigger market right. and we saw this right. years ago down with the red, red Sox. Sox. right he turned down the red Sox. Uh, he seems just very, very super comfortable there. He, uh, 
but it's it's very very intriguing to see what a a, a mind like his would be with actual money to spend how would he be drafting and developing players and not only would he have the financial means to be able to retain those players once they actually reach the big league level uh, instead of trading them off like we so we see so often with the A's uh usually these guys stay 3 4 years and then when they hit their prime years 27 28 29 uh they have to trade them uh, we saw this all the way dating back to what the big 3 used to be right so from Zito, from Mulder, from Harden, uh, I'm sorry, from uh, Harren, and then Harden, uh, right on through. Uh, obviously, a couple years ago, it was Sonny Gray. The Yankees went out to get him, right? So we know that the Athletics have this track record of having to always kind of have to cycle through everything and kind of always retool on the fly. Right. Uh, Billy Bean is such a great mind. What if he was given the opportunity to work for a developmental system that the Mets have, which is not bad. It's a good system this team has brody's been manipulating the draft the last few years he's been getting <laughs> top 10 talent in the second round because he's 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 kind of just giving up the later picks and he's going all in with the money so brody but with the, the draft knows what he's doing because you know why omar Manaya. that's true the Mets have always had a strong developmental system right. this is a team that consistently gets players through from the low a from low a to double a all the way through to up until the major league level, right? They've never had a problem developing talent. It's the same way with the Yankees. Right. You know, people always knock, but they they always develop talent. On a team, imagine that... him. Imagine him being able to. Imagine like we talked about this on a previous podcast, right? You said you know it's time to shell out the money and resign Conforto and lock in your core guys, right? Right. With with Cohen now, right? That's not going to be a problem. Like they're going to have the money to do it, right? So imagine bringing Bean in. Uh, with his expertise, with his mind, you know, with his reputation, imagine bringing a guy like that to add on to what they already have and then having him pick out talent, developing that talent, and then being able to find more guys like Conforto in order to, to sign. You know, yeah, it's, speaking, speaking of, like, young talent, you think the Astros are going to maybe rebuild next year? Verlander's out. Grenke's going to be 37. Altuve, you know, they still got him. Uh, Bregman... And is going to get a lot of money um, going toward because of the uh, um, his, his service time. So that's going to go towards the luxury payroll. Springer's a free agent. Brantley's a free agent. Gurriel's a free agent. Reddick's a free agent. And then the following year, Correa and McCullers are free agents. Ozuna, he's probably going to get non-tendered. Uh, Jordan Alvarez, who was rookie of the year last year, he's coming off surgery in both knees. Uh, who, who knows what's going to happen with the Astros moving forward? We saw them rip it down once before. I, I, I don't think they should rip it down again, but that's something to keep an eye on just, you know, with the way everything's going financially here with, uh, with Major League Baseball due to the impacts of COVID-19. Now, I, uh, I do think they're going to retool, though, uh, simply because I think with the financial impact, it's going to be really hard to keep everybody. So I could see Altuve getting traded. Uh, obviously he makes a lot of money, so the, the, the deal would probably have to, uh, they would even probably have to eat some money or probably just take like a little less of a return. Uh, Imagine he becomes a Yankee. (laughs) Well, we like DJ at that second base spot, but again, he's going to be pretty hard to retain too. So, uh, we'll see, but DJ is going to look really good in the orange and blue next year. I don't think they're going to be able to, to, to sign Brantley. I think Brantley is going to. 
I think he's going to to finally get a multi year deal. I don't know why he yeah. hasn't gotten. A I mean, when we do when we, when we get years. to when we get to free agency this year, if Cohen is in place early enough, it's going to be a lot of fun. But right now, I guess the, the focus, the attention is on the Stanley Cup playoff. Uh, I don't know. NHL didn't do a great job of marketing the first game that was it was on a Saturday, and I totally missed. It. I didn't even know this. I didn't even know this series started. Uh, but the Stars won, Joe, and coming into this, the favorites were, of course, the Tampa Bay Lightning, but everyone keeps doubting the Stars. I'm still doubting them, and they're up 1-0. How do you see this series playing out? Where are you, where are you putting your money? Well, I thought that the Lightning were going to win in six. So Dallas winning game one kind of throws everything into a loop a little bit, but uh, I still think Tampa is the, the class here. Uh, I think they're the the more talented team. I think Dallas. It's, it's the revenge uh, really, of Ben Bishop. Yeah, even though he's not playing right. and he hasn't been fit to play the whole playoffs, so you could still uh, bet on him to win the Conn Smith. He's he at could. plus ten thousand. <laughs> uh, yeah. So right now, if you're going to bet on the Conn Smith, there are four guys to do it. So we'll we'll start with Dallas, right? Obviously, Ben Bishop's not playing, so Anton Kudobin's been playing, and he's been really really good in the playoffs. Uh, he's probably been their best player, and the last couple of years we've seen uh, goalies who really weren't the, the the starter or the anointed starter from the, the the start of the regular season, helping these teams you know move through the playoffs. So I think moving forward, a lot of teams are going to go with the one A one B model as opposed to just paying outright for a goalie. Uh, so Hudobins and Miro Haskinen on Dallas, uh, those are the two guys right now who, if you're looking to bet on the for Smythe voting. Uh, they present the best chance to win, the best value. And then for the Lightning, it's obviously their two best guys. It's Victor Hedman and it's Braden Point. Uh, and Victor Hedman has had the best playoff uh, for a defenseman that we've seen in at least five years. The last guy who I remember uh, was really the catalyst and probably the best player on his team uh, that, end event- that eventually ended up winning the Stanley Cup was Duncan Keith uh, in 2015 with the Blackhawks. Uh, ironically enough, Keith uh, and the Blackhawks beat this Tampa Bay Lightning team in the Stanley Cup final, and uh, he ended up scoring the the game-winning goal uh, on the rebound in Game Six of the final. So we've seen that whenever Tampa Bay has gone down in the series uh, in the in the playoffs, uh, whether they've gone down one nothing in a game, I believe this is the first time. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, the second time they've gone down one zero. Remember, they won down one zero against the Bruins, and they ended up winning four straight games like it was nothing, and they they bust saw them right out of the playoffs. So Hedman has answered the call. Uh, to me, I mean, I don't know where you could find, you know, Stanley Cup final prop bets. Uh, but if we're looking at game two tonight, I expect the Lightning to bounce back. And don't be surprised if Victor Hedman scores a goal because he's had a knack for scoring big goals this entire playoffs. And and usually when the, the Lightning rebound and, and Hedman scores, they win those games. So uh, I think the Lightning will win tonight. I think they'll win something like 3-1. Uh, and I think my prediction is Hedman will score. So And I still like Tampa to win the series. Interesting, interesting. All right. Uh, I think it's going to come down to Stamkos. I think if he's back, it's going to put them over the top. It's been incredible to see that run without their best player. Interesting thing you told me was you said, oh, I think Stamkos is going to be put up on the block for the Seattle Kraken to draft with their first overall pick. What do you think about that? 
So what I think is going to happen is – so Stamkos has a no-trade clause, I believe, or a no-movement clause. So when that happens, obviously the organization has to protect that player. But what I think is going to happen is the Lightning are going to ultimately move some type of other asset, whether it be like a second or third round draft pick, whether it be like a prospect. Uh, I think that – the the after the the way that this team played in the playoffs this year without Stamkos, uh, it has Braden Point and it has uh, Anthony Sorelli as their potential top two centers. You know, going forward, obviously with the way that they they made a run this year, uh, that that those two core guys uh, are in place. They're younger, right? Stamkos is starting to get up there in age a little bit. He just turned uh, thirty this year. So, what I think ultimately is going to happen is Tampa Bay is kind of in a cap crunch. So they'll end up moving like Alex Kalorn or Tyler Johnson in the offseason just to, to help navigate that a little bit. And then Stamkos will be traded to Seattle, uh, kind of like what the, the Wild did and the Ducks did in the first uh, expansion draft with Vegas where they gave another asset in order to take this guy. So I think Stamkos will go to Seattle. He'll become one of the top players immediately for the Kraken. And another guy that I think will be traded to Seattle is TJ Oshie. Wow. Uh, because he's from Mount Vernon, Washington, which is about, I think, a 45 to an hour minute drive north of Seattle. So he's from that area. That's his hometown. He's already won a Stanley Cup with the Washington Capitals. Uh, the Capitals are going to be faced with a, a cap crunch soon, too, because Ovechkin's going to need a new contract. Well, he's so, a free agent this, this, this fall. Right. He's going to need a new contract. They're going to need a little extra cap space. What I think is going to happen is the, the Capitals are going to trade TJ Oshie to Seattle. And then TJ Oshie will be named the first captain of the Kraken franchise. All right, Joe. Joe's already he's thinking twenty twenty two season here. Right? I mean, it's absolutely <laughs> crazy. Sorry can we, about- uh, can we uh, mention one more thing since we're doing a uh, little odds over here? Yeah, I just wanted to update everybody on uh, where the NFL MVP and uh, the MV, uh, the MVP betting stands after week two, uh, and the the player with the highest uh, with the best odds right now to win MVP is Russell Wilson at plus three hundred. And second is Patrick Mahomes at 450. Uh, Lamar Jackson is third at plus 650, and your guy Lamar, uh, Kyler Murray, uh, is fourth at plus 700. Where's uh, Where's the love from my guy Josh Allen and my guy Aaron Rodgers? I mean, they're that, both plus. They are both plus 1200 right now with Dak Prescott. So right watch now, out for well, Josh Allen. That's all I'm going to say. But uh, Russell Wilson, my guy, threw five touchdowns last night against the Patriots, and he was flinging it all over the field. He looked really good. He looked good. Kyler Murray looked good. Rodgers looked good. Josh Allen looked good. I mean, Josh Allen's the class of his, his QB class, no doubt about it. When you look at guys like Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen, who we both think could be good. He's on the practice squad. Baker Mayfield hasn't been too good. Uh, so, you know, Josh Allen, he's got that big fourth quarter energy, and we wish him wish him the best, Yeah, I know you don't, <laughs> know you don't wish him the best, though, because the Bills are in the Jets division, and we've come full circle back to the Jets. <laughs> yeah, how terrible they are. Oh, just uh, truly atrocious. All right, Jets fans. You know, if, if you're out there, if you're out there listening, Joe feels your pain. Um, you may feel green now, but just wait until the team gets to 0-8 or 0-10. Then it's going to be a lot worse. That's going to do it here for this episode of You Know I'm Right. For Joe Calabrese, I'm Nick Durst. And this has been You Know I'm Right. COVID-19 is still around, but that doesn't mean the Army ROTC programs are not there for you. 
Earn scholarships for school and pursue the career you want. The Leadership Developing Army ROTC classes will give any full-time student the focus and resources that can open doors down the road. Start sharpening the skills that will carve out your future today. Learn how at GoArmy.com ROTC. Army ROTC, now accepting college scholarship applications. Visit GoArmy.com slash money for college.